Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning again. We are so glad that you are here. Pastor Steve and Miss Julie are not here. They are celebrating their anniversary um, this weekend, and uh, so they, they send their love and we, we're excited that they are able to celebrate. And we are also thankful that we have one of our very own, Max Barroso, coming. And he's going to share with us the word this morning. I'll let him tell whatever he wants to tell about his life. I know he has tons of stories, and, and I don't want to waste any of his time. So let's give it up for the man of God, Max Barroso, this morning. Thank you. My goodness. It's so good and awesome to be here with you. I don't know if you have felt lately that David was right when he says, it's better to be one day in the house of the Lord than a thousand away from it. And it has felt like a thousand days. Can, can somebody say amen? amen. And, and before we get too far, uh, don't, you, don't you celebrate that you have incredible, awesome, amazing pastors in Steve and Julie? And, uh, and, it, and if we can, please... You know they're celebrating their anniversary, but also yesterday Tal got married, and I have no idea what it's like for one of your children to get married. And I, I have three, and I do not want to find out, Drew. But h- how about we just pray for one minute and say, Lord, bless their celebration, bless their turn away, heal their hearts. And, and Lord, we just love Pastor Steve and Julie, and we love them tremendously, and we are so excited that they are a gift to us. They're a gift to Passion Church. And Lord, just in this time away, refresh them, renew them. May your Holy Spirit be with them. Lord, we believe that you're speaking to them on behalf of all of us. So we just thank you for the gift that our pastors are to Passion Church, and we just believe that the best is yet to come for them. And also the best is yet to come for us because you're blessing them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And, man, some of us have been around passion for for a minute. And I don't want to tell you a lot about uh, myself other than about almost 11 years ago, we we got to be there when, when this whole thing began. And Jessica and I were serving alongside Aaron and, and just many of the ones are here in the original configuration of youth group. Uh, before Andrew, there was some of us, and we got to serve in the pastoral team at Passion. And then in the year 2009, Passion was so, so generous to sow my wife and I into the kingdom. And over the last decade, we have been working with the World Missions Department of our denomination, and we do a few different things there. So I promise you we attend church here, even though you may not see us often. Now, nowadays you do because we're not traveling, but uh, in any given Sunday, it is likely that alongside Seth and Madeline and many of us, we're just serving the Lord elsewhere. But we're so, so grateful to call Passion home. So yeah, uh, uh, you may be able to tell that I do have an accent. It's a southern accent. <laughs> from the real south, you know, like some of you all say, I'm from the south, and I'm like, you're not. Uh, Esther and I know where the south is. Is You get on a plane and you go all the way south, stop right before the penguins, and that's where I'm from, from Argentina. But we have been talking about deliverance dilemmas. And I, I told you about back in the day at Passion, and then uh, Ashley probably remembers that in the very first Christmas of Passion Church, Pastor Steve preached a message titled, Those Thinking Shepherds. 
Uh, and some of you may, may remember that one. Some of you don't. If you don't, please go in the archive and find it because it's the first time that I thought, what the heck is he talking about? Those thinking shepherds. But he, he began to talk about God's direction for our lives. And he began to talk about how for the wise men, it was such a hard road. It was such a hard journey. Years chasing a star to try to find the star. And you're just having to wait for the nighttime. And, and you have to find your way in the dark. And, and he talked about like those thinking shepherds. Like they didn't have to do any work. They didn't have to do really anything. God's direction just kind of like popped and say, hey, you know what? Over there you will find the Messiah. And he talked about like how... The direction can come in different random ways. And just thinking about today's message, we have been talking about deliverance dilemmas. And we have been talking about very specific things. On, on the first Sunday, Pastor Steve talked to us about desperation. He said that we will likely be delivered to the degree of we're of desperate. And desperation must overtake despair. How we cannot allow for despair to sink into our lives because the moment that desperation kicks in, Man, deliverance is on its way. We're going to make a move. We're going to begin to walk in the direction that God is leading us towards, which took us to the second week, which was deliverers. And although we may be able to choose deliverance, we may not be able to choose the way how God brings forth that deliverance. And, and he told us that sometimes we struggle with how God can do something in our lives because we not, may not like the package that deliverance comes wrapped in. So we talked about desperation, and we talked about deliverers, and then last Sunday we talked about diet, and oh my goodness, did anybody chew on that last week? In order to, me, to be free, and in order to remain free, we must change our appetites. And he talked about how there are certain things that we have to lay on the cross, and then just let the Lord deal with us, because we must crucify those things, our appetites. And then today... We're going to be talking about direction. Now, if I can quote one thing that Pastor Steve said last week is, we must be hungry for God and His ways more than for having our own way. So today, our first dilemma is direction. Now, let, let me tell you something. There are four questions that most philosophers tell us are life's greatest questions. Those are sort of the things at some point or another we asked ourselves. And those questions are, who am I? The other one is, where do I come from? The other one is, what is my purpose? And the last one generally is, where am I going? Every single human being at some point has asked those questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And where am I going? It seems that from the onset, we all have and harbor some questions about direction, about if God has me here on this earth, why am I here and where am I going? And we must recognize that everything that God does in our lives is wrapped in purpose. And everything that God brings forth within us is connected to His purpose. But now, before we get too far into, into direction, Catherine, we need to be able to distinguish the difference between destination and direction. Because many times we think of direction as the place that we're ultimately going to end up in, whereas what I'm talking today is not that place. I'm talking about how do we get there? 
And please, please, guys, I know you're a guy, and, and, and I know that I also struggle with asking for directions. Many times I do want to make my own way, and I am so grateful for iPhones because now I don't have to admit that I don't know how to get there. I can just be like, hey, Siri, get me there, but don't talk. I'm just going to keep it there, you know, just kind of like, yeah, I know where I'm going, Jess. And then Siri usually gives me, it's like, Max, I did not understand what you say. I know because I have an accent, so don't give me away. But, you know, we struggle with directions. We struggle with how do we actually get there. And when God begins to speak to us about our purpose and about our destiny and about the things that he has placed deep within us and about the promises that he has for our lives, usually we are super excited and say, yes, God, I'm all in in that that you want to do. And then we walk out of church and we're like, oh boy, how do I get there? How do I ultimately arrive to the place that God is leading me with? And that sense of direction begins to bring some great questions and great dilemmas. How do we get there? Well, let's start with Israel. How did they get here where they were? Because we know that they were the chosen nation. We know that Abraham and God had a powwow and they made a covenant and God told Abraham, Abraham, leave, get out of the tent and look up. Do you see the stars on the heavens? I know they already left the place where you're from, but if you can see those stars and you can count them, man, that's going to be you. And then we move into Isaac and man, Isaac got to reaffirm that and Isaac was told, just like I told your, grand, your daddy, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed to you. And then we have Jacob. And Jacob went and wrestled it out with God. And, and God affirmed his promises. And then we get Joseph. And Pastor Steve told you all of this. They arrived to the land of Egypt. And they thought that God was in it for big things with them. And they knew that God had big plans for them. But 430 years later, they're still slaves. And 430 years later... That that God talked about with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is a faraway promise because my today is not aligning with who God told me I am. So then God begins to move and, 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 and desperation kicked in and they're ready to get out and, and deliverers and Moses comes and, and they're getting ready to exit and God begins to deal with their diet and telling them that they have to change their appetite. But now the time has actually arrived when they have to exit because why? Even though the reality didn't seem like it, their promise was still very much alive and the purpose of God in their life was still very much there and God's intent for his people was still about to happen they just simply needed to catch on with the program and see the direction that God was taking them in why because God had made a covenant with Abraham and he had affirmed it to Isaac and he wrestled it out with Jacob and was still alive in the bones of Joseph God had given them a promise that was waiting to be fulfilled everything that God does is wrapped in purpose and God had a purpose with his people so if you will join me in chapter 13 of Exodus, and we're only going to read five verses of Scripture. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. It's so good to hear pages still turning, man. It's great. Let's read together. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God say, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went out 
of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved out from Sukkot and Captain Telam on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they may, be, they may travel by day and by night. And the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. You see, they have received a revelation that they were walking out of Egypt and into their promised land. And, and something you have to remember is that Canaan represents God's redemptive potential. They, they have been slaves. They, they have been in Egypt. They, they have been serving somebody else's purpose. And they have been totally enslaved by Pharaoh. But here we talk about salvation. God opened the way. The deliverer came. Out of their desperation, they are beginning to walk towards a place of redemption. And that's what Canaan represents. They knew that this was a land where there were good things waiting for them. They, they knew that this was a land where their promises were actually going to be fleshed out. They knew that this was a land that, where they're going to be able to settle with their children and build a future and build a hope that was promised for them. They knew and they were clear, the day that Pharaoh let me go, I get to go out of salvation into the promise. Sort of. Because they were assuming that they were going to be able to exit Egypt and go straight into their promise. Are, are you with me? In their mind, they were thinking, man, the Bible tells us they were ready for battle. And they're like, you know what? I am here, and my destination is there, so here I go. Let's fight for it. However, the Bible tells us that that is not what God did. God says... I will lead them around into their promise. Did you catch that? You see, many times what God does doesn't quite make sense. Anybody here with me? Sometimes what God does does not make sense because they were thinking that God, 430 years I've been waiting for this day and you finally let me out of Egypt and you are not going to take me straight into my promise. You are going to take me the roundabout way. You see, their expectation that was that God was going to do it, and that God was going to do it right away, and it was going to happen in a straight line. But I want to tell you something. God is not bound by our expectations. God is bound by His promises. You see, sometimes we don't understand that God is not in it just to get you from A to B, but God is in it to get you from A to B in the fullness of your purpose, in the fullness of who you are called to be. And God knew that there were some battles ahead of them that they were not ready to fight. So what felt like a delay in reality was grace. And what felt like God is hindering them, in reality God was protecting them. Why do I say that? Because the verse 18 told us that they were ready for battle. 
they were equipped for battle. They knew that they're going to get out of here and that the Philistines are waiting there and they knew that they were ready for it. So they equipped themselves for it and say, I am going here to fight the Philistines. But God knew that Pharaoh was going to change his mind and that Pharaoh was actually going to come behind them and was going to try to chase them and was going to try to catch them. So what they knew about their purpose is that that battle was waiting. What they did not know is that that battle was coming. So God knew that something happening in a straight line is not necessarily the best thing for them. So in order to preserve their purpose, God had to create a roundabout way. You see, some of us are getting frustrated at God because he seems to be delaying his promise for us. When in reality, what God is doing is he's being patient with you and he's being patient with me and he's preserving his promise for us. Because God knows what we are ready for, even though we think we're ready for. They knew what they knew, but they didn't know what God knew about them. And God knew if they're going to straight line, they're going to turn back around. So God was giving them time. Just because you're ready for it doesn't mean you're ready for it. You see... I, I kind of struggle with this where I say, God, but you led them to the wilderness. And I want to tell myself, the wilderness is, wilderness is negative. But then I look at what God is doing and I say, it's necessary. No, it's negative. No, it's necessary. It's negative. No, it's necessary. Let me tell you something. The wilderness is only negative if you stay there longer than you're supposed to. But every single one of us receiving God's grace, an opportunity to journey through a wilderness. And the dilemma is understanding that we must be able to embrace the process that enables us to inherit the promise. You see, God understood who he had created the Israelites to be. God knew the potential. God knew exactly what he had planted inside of Moses, inside of those leaders, inside of that generation. And God knew what it will look like when Israel actually gets to the place of their redemption, to the place of their promise. But God also knew that he had to prepare them to inhabit the place of their promise. You see, how we respond to the process of the wilderness will determine how long we will stay in that season. Because Israel was intended to walk through the wilderness and get to the place of their promise. But the issue was their attitude in the wilderness. You see, the moment they begin to walk, I don't like this water. Do you have better water? I don't like this food. Do you have better food? I don't like this cloud. Why is there always cloudy? Isn't it always sunny in Philadelphia? I don't like this fire. It's keeping me warm, but I can't sleep at night. I like it dark. I like it cold and dark. Why the fire? I don't like the giants. I'm going back. And 40 years later, they're still roaming in the wilderness. That was supposed to be a brief season. But the way how they responded to the process delayed the possession of the promise.
God was trying to instill in them different principles, a different culture, something that will allow them to inherit the promise. God was intending to also, I'm sorry, I got to do it, strip some things away. He wanted to make sure that they were not only out of Egypt, but that Egypt was also out of them. You see, some of us experience salvation. Some of us experience what God is doing in our life. But the problem is what he got us out of is still inside of us. And you know, the things that were inside of us in Egypt and the things that were around in Egypt do not belong in the place of our promise. These things belong in Egypt where he left them there. You see, something that sometimes we forget is when they cross the Red Sea, they cross in dry land. And think about it. Maybe this is obvious to you, but you know, sometimes I kind of strange like that. And that should have been kind of muddy and should have been kind of wet. And, and, you, and a sea just kind of parted. But the Bible tells us that they walk in dry land. You see, it wouldn't have been full redemption if they left tracks that reminded them where they came from. The wilderness. The place that God uses to strip some things away from us. He wants to strip away some some problems, some issues. They had attitude issues. And God was trying to strip that away. You know, there were some practices that God was trying to strip away. Do you remember the first time that it got kind of difficult in that place? The first thing they did is, you know what? Go get me some gold. Go get some some stuff and let's remake that calf. Let's go back to the idols that we used to have in Egypt. The moment it got tough, they returned to those practices. You see, some of us are are just kind of slow to, to really put down some of the things that God is trying to strip of us. Because they don't belong in the place of our promise. And God's trying to direct you through the wilderness to give you an opportunity. And to give me an opportunity to reframe our thinking. And begin to understand what God is trying to do in us. And what God is trying to do through us. Pastor Darius Daniels also say that in the wilderness God likes to strip away some people. And the reason I'm quoting him, Andrew, because I love the way he said it. He said... Some people believe that the devil escorted some people out of your life, when in reality, God is trying to escort some people out of your life. And you're trying to like tell him, God, what are you doing moving, sabotaging this relationship? I think that the devil is trying to come at me. And God is like, the devil ain't doing nothing. I'm coming at you because that relationship doesn't belong where I'm trying to take you. So unless you let me remove some people from around you, you're not going to make it to the place where I'm trying to take you. Some problems, some practices, some people. God's trying to strip it. Where is he doing that? In the wilderness. And there were also some deeper issues that God was trying to deal with. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 uh, through 15, and that will not be on the screen because sometimes we, we have to hear it. So please hear this. And when the Lord, this is Moses talking to the people as they're about to exit the wilderness, okay? He says, and when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great food and great cities that you did not build, and houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, 
Then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God. You shall fear him and you shall serve him. And by his name you shall promise. And you shall not go after the gods of the peoples who were around you. Because the Lord your God is in your midst. You see, God was trying to use the wilderness to be able to give them an opportunity to fight the things that were in them before they had to go fight the things that were out there. And many of us, we know, we know the destination that God intends for our lives. Some of us have heard for a long time the promises that God has given us. And you know, maybe you were a child, maybe you were a teenager, and God spoke some things into your heart, and God gave you some promises, and deep within you know that you were meant for more than today, and God is not being mean to you, keeping you where you're at. In fact, God is being kind to you, because He knows that unless you and I fight the things that are within us, we can't fight the things that are Ahead of us. So that's why God will take us around. God was trying to shift their minds so he could shift their lives. So he was directing them through the wilderness. Why? Because he ordered their steps. And, and, and you know this. And, and I'm sure that, that most of you can, can quote this a heck of a lot better than I can. Which is. The steps of a good man or the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. But if I can read it to you from the New Living Translation, is the Lord directs the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their lives. You see, God is ordering your steps, and God is ordering my steps. And something you need to remember is that just because you are in a desert, it does not mean that you have been deserted. Just because you are walking through a wilderness, it does not mean that God is not walking with you. If you remember, the last verse that we read from Exodus told us that the cloud and the fire were there every single day. You see, God is not mean. God is not angry at you. God did not put you in a place to punish you. In reality, God is trying to direct you towards your promise, but he's trying to preserve the purpose within you. And God is not only invested in your destination. In fact, God has ordered every single step. And he promises to take delight in it with you. What does that mean? It means that even the deserts can bloom. Even where you're at today, God can bring beauty out of ashes. As you begin to make a move towards God, God is not making a move towards you. God was already there with you in the desert. He's trying to hold you. He's trying to direct you. He's reminding you today that yes, my promises for you are yes, are amen, and I do have a purpose for you. I did not desert you. In fact, the last words that Moses told the Israelites before he departed 
were found in the Deuteronomy chapter 31 and you know what they are be strong and courageous do not fear for it is the Lord your God who goes with you he will not leave you nor forsake you all throughout the wilderness Moses knew that God is with me and the worship team let us in it and we declare that when we say he is with you he is with you he is with you he is for you he is with you and today some of us need to be reminded of that he is with you he is for you he is for your children he is for your grandchildren he is for your great grandchildren and you may find yourself in the desert thinking where are you God and God is saying I am with you right here right now I did not desert you in fact I'm preserving you and the fact that you're here today this morning is one more proof that God is for you and he's simply trying to say my promise you got it my protection is here and my love for you never ending I am with you and Jesus thank you thank you for the very unique way that you direct our lives and thank you for the very unique way that you show us that even a delay is not a denial because you are with us so Holy Spirit today I pray for three things some of us here are so discouraged restore our hope restore our hope Jesus the second thing we're praying for is Help us to see what you see. Because we trust you. Help us to embrace the process. And Lord, the third thing that I pray for is, if someone came in here this morning, far away from you, today, we can come home. Today, we can hold your hand and walk out of Egypt into your promise by your side. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.